0: There's a darkness on the edge of town. Welcome to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. I am John, Oh, and how lucky you are to hear me, and my co-host Josh, Joshua. You've said on some episodes in the past, I don't know. Carry on. How are you doing, sir?
1: Oh God it's good uh all of the things I realized from this because we're talking about the Mo brothers we're kind of the Joe brothers oh shit
0: <laughs> the Joe Bros
1: yeah
0: oh man we're cool
1: <laughs> We're so neat
0: <laughs> I was trying to find like something really cool to you know, Introduced the episode and everything I found was just lame. So then I was like, I know I'll make fun of Bruce Springsteen real quick. It was good. Yeah, yeah thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, Captain Blue Color or whatever they call him. Yeah, Captain Blue Balls. Yeah, yeah. Look at this <laughs> ugly guitar man who's always with me. How many scarves does he have? <laughs> Boy, if anyone's in charge of making sure that denim is popular, it sure is that guy. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh,
0: uh, what are we talking about this, uh, this fine day?
1: Well, on this fine day, we are talking about, a brothers known as the Mo, who did a movie called Macabre, unless you're talking about the actual name of the movie, which is directed... Simultaneously by Kimo Stamboel, maybe? And Timo Janto? I don't know. I wish I could do that right. Uh, And they did a movie together called Ruma Dara. It came out in 2009. It was the full movification of a short filmification just called Dara. Apparently, Ruma implies full length. Oh shit! Full length Dara, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all the Dara. I think it's funny that in English it got called macabre when it's obvious that like the main character's name is Dara, and um, it's Ruma Dara. I think Ruma means curse, so it's like literally the curse of Dara, and they're like, let's just call it macabre.
0: Yeah, as if the curse of Dara doesn't work.
1: Yeah, that no one would see that movie. <laughs> makes
0: makes no sense. Um, yeah, I had. Uh, I'm trying to think of my introduction to Timo Chajanto, which I believe, uh, by the way, Indonesian fellow. Uh, yes, and I imagine Kimo Stamboel is also an Indonesian chap. Um, see, si. I found out about Chajanto from his uh, entry in VHS Two, the Safe Haven short. Which is my favorite of all the VHS film uh, short films. It's the one about the weird Asian m- demon murder cult or demon yeah. suicide cult, which is just a wonderful short piece of film that has some goofiness in it, but it kind of gives that that brevity. <laughs> I mean that that uh, levity that 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 otherwise extremely like creepy. You know, it kind of mixes it up a little bit, which I like. But that thing blew me away. I was like, man. This is great. Who made this? And then, not long after that, Bloody Disgusting had, uh, you know, they had this thing where they would kind of get behind, put their name behind uh, indie films or, or foreign films that might not otherwise have an audience in the U.S. And this movie was was one of them. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fuck yeah. That was my introduction to uh, to Timo. Do you know who he co-directed
1: that short film with?
0: Was it was it with chemo? No. Oh, oh no. That's oh safe haven. Oh, that was with Gareth Evans, with right?
1: Gareth Evans from the Raid films and the Covered by Us Apostle.
0: Yeah, that's right, and he 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 did work on uh, the Raid Two as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and a lot of these actors were in the Raid Two. Well, by a lot, I mean uh, I saw two, and then I got bored because like. <laughs> IMDB doesn't enough. really cover Indonesian cinema very well.
0: No, not not really which is a shame because it's actually a pretty robust industry there. so
1: yeah it's uh, and uh, so so Malay is one of the most numerously spoken languages in the world. Uh, there are 290 million people that speak Malay, but that's because 260 million of them speak Indonesian Malay. I had no idea that, like, Indonesia was, like, the other, like, humongous place of of population. I
0: I didn't either. I thought it was a relatively small population. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, they're all about the same. No, apparently Indonesia is, like, the fourth most populated country in the entire world. And it produces a... Outsized chunk of the world's uh, ocean-faring pollution—not uh, uh, pollution, not pollution uh, litter. Like, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, when you get that many people on a very small island, you know, the garbage has to go somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We we certainly generate our share.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they're they're the- saving on litter by just not creating police uniforms. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs>
0: That's right. They're saving on litter by not allowing religious freedom.
1: Oh, gee. Hey, oh. Ooh, It's one of those Muslim Asian countries. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so uh, Timo's other work includes L for libido from the ABCs of death. Um, he also directed a movie called the May the Devil Take You and The Night Comes for Us. He's working on other stuff, too. Kimo's other uh, uh, direct horror directing credits include The Queen of Black Magic, Ivana, which is not a Trump movie, and a, a Hulu miniseries called Blood Curse, which in the original Indonesian, that second word in there "rumah." which I was like, oh! Ah, Blood, Ruma. Yeah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Ruma. Yeah, I guess so. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the uh, the ABCs of Death film that he did, is that the one where the the guys, uh, they're in that like weird sex show thing or something, and they're like, is that... I, that one is really messed up. I, 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 it's probably him. I don't know. He, he's got a pretty big presence on... Uh, Twitter. He's hilarious. He's always like he's just he's just got like this really kind of irreverent sense of humor. He just kind of seems like a guy who just happens to make these really ridiculously over the top movies. So.
1: This movie stars Sharifa Danish as Dara. She's fantastic in it. Julie Estelle as Lydia. Julie Estelle played the Hammer Girl in the Raid Two. Arifin Putra as Adam. He played Uko in the Raid Two. And a bunch of other people that Internet Movie Database is like, yeah, they were in some stuff. You wouldn't know them. They don't have faces. <laughs> they don't have <laughs> faces. That was, like, I could see when, like, a bit part actor from 1970s and 60s movies doesn't get a picture on there. But these people, like, have current credits. And IMDb is like, well, when we say database, uh, you know how it is. Jeff Bezos. Yeah,
0: I know. It's really sad. It's really sad. Like Sigi Wimala, the woman who plays Astrid in the film, uh, she she ended up marrying Tajanto. To, to so, I mean, she oh. must have some sort of standing in Indonesian film anyway or Indonesian genre film. Nice. So, but not in the West. No. no
1: fuck that bitch. No. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so we'll say it here. Aryo Bayu plays Aji, Dendi Sabangil plays Iko Mike, Lu- Mike Lukak plays Alam, and there are also some other ones, but those are really the only ones that matter. Well, Imelda
0: Therene oh. plays Maya.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah. And uh, and who plays, um, who's the big guy that really, de- Arman, who plays Arman? Oh, I can't remember his name. I believe his name is Fatty
0: McIndonesian <laughs> Guy. <laughs> yeah, Indo McHungus. 'Cause they keep they keep calling him fat and I'm like, have you guys been to the United States? <laughs> yeah.
1: That guy that guy's just tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: What a fat piece of shit. What are you? Six foot two? <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that Julia Stell, Julia Stell actually gained weight for this movie.
1: Yeah, because she's, uh, I guess, like badass weight and not like fat ass yeah. weight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was like, gained weight because she looks amazing. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, she probably bulked up a little bit. Yeah,
1: she probably had like the little twiggy arms before. <laughs> I mean... You know, she she certainly knows how to swing a hammer. I'm telling, I'll oh, that. man. Yes, she does. There's not very much about this movie out there. Like, there's not a lot of really good trivia. Yeah, it's weird because it, w- it was pretty successful and it's pretty
0: well known over there. But um, it just never really got an audience here for some reason, which is weird because, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of it's basically just a riff on Texas Chainsaw. If you really want to kind of, you know, with a little bit of what honeydew thrown in or, you know, some of the. You know that kind of crazy crazy family in a house that murders everybody but then there's also this baby lust yeah <laughs> very strange
1: baby lust but it's it's yeah. good yeah all right uh anything else we should go over before we dive on in i can't think of anything all right Love. Uh, the movie's opening credits play over a black and white reel of three kids being examined by a doctor, eating dinner, and taking a picture together dressed in their nice clothes. Skip to the present day. Alum, Eco, and Jimmy are hanging out with their married and pregnant friends, Adji and Astrid, at some hotel bar. They're here so that Adji can talk to his sister, Ladia? 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 Oh, Ladia, Ladia. Ladia? Uh, who works at the hotel Aji brought what looks to be a money order with her inheritance on it Yeah, like western union okay here's your inheritance uh, from their dead parents to give to her there's tension between them all kinds of dumb stuff that doesn't matter at all he tells her he's leaving for Australia and she's like yeah I know you stupid idiot your wife already told me fuck off <laughs> you bucket of shit <laughs> It turns out that their parents died in a taxi on their way to see him for something.
0: So it's his fault.
1: It's his fault. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that guy.
0: Yeah. How dare you bring up our parents?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, at the bar, a group of other gross dudes are saying sexual things to Ladia, And this forces Alam to perk up and defend her honor. He gets the dudes to back down, and then as soon as he turns around to walk away, they smash him over the back of the head with a glass bottle.
0: Yeah, forcing him to spend the rest of the film with a with a piece of gauze taped to the back of his head.
1: <laughs> yes. We get kind of the idea that every male in this group of friends that isn't her brother is, like, got a half chub for her. <laughs> it, it, except for Eco. Eco is really just like, yeah, you're a fellow person. It's fine. Yeah, which is interesting because he's really just a piece of shit. <laughs> he's, he is my favorite piece of shit in this movie, though. <laughs> he's so fucking awesome. <laughs> um Let's see. Uh, outside, Iko and Aji do first aid while Astrid convinces Ladia to come with them to the airport since they don't know when they'll get to see each other again. Just as they're leaving, they almost hit a young woman in the rain. She says she's been robbed. They agree to drive her home on their way to the airport. Her name is Maya and Iko is totes into that shit. <laughs> She invites them into the house to meet her mother, Dara, who insists that they stay for a feast of gratitude. Hooray! The gang hangs out in the den, which is full of animal skulls and awesome swords for some reason. yeah. Um, At this point, they meet Adam, who is Maya's brother, who focuses his attention on Ladia. He has a weird thing about her tattoo that then never comes back into play in the rest of the film. Nope. Astrid and Aji go upstairs to rest instead of partaking in the Feast of Gratitude. Arman, the other of Dara's children, is then introduced as he sits down to dinner. Ladia asks about Dara's necklace, and Dara says, it's an old family heirloom. Yeah,
0: yeah. which really, that doesn't matter either. Um, it does But it seems to be really, <laughs> seems really important, but isn't at all. Yeah. Um, or maybe it is, but we have no fucking clue why, ever. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, this dinner goes on. Um, at, at some point, uh, Astrid and—I uh, forget which dude it was at this point, but Astrid and one of the dudes end up in one of the bedrooms—oh, no, it's Astrid and her guy, Jimmy. Um, Adji. Oh, Adji, that's right. See, I, yeah. yeah, It's I'm really bad with the names in this movie. Anyways, it's A- good. Astrid and Aggie are they're in one of the bedrooms, one of the god knows how many bedrooms in this house, and uh, they're they're like, I don't know, they're just like in there talking. Great. So they hear they're listening to the baby. I don't know what was that. I don't know.
1: I don't know. The baby's kicking. Ooh. Yeah, the doomed baby or whatever. So
0: back at the, <laughs> back at the dinner, um, the daughter uh, Maya suggests that they stay the night. And Echo, of course, is like, oh, great idea. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have thought of a better idea. And uh, <laughs> she's like flirting with him and stuff. And she lures him away from the table. And they're all kind of getting, you know, molesty with each other. And then it, it becomes apparent very quickly that the, the, all of the guests, uh, as a token of, <laughs> of, of uh, Dara's gratitude, they've all been drugged. So yep. So they're all getting very, you know. Blah, 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 and then they all pass out. And then uh we hear Dara say, Adam, prepare the tools. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lovely overhead shot of, of the awake family and the asleep guests. And then uh uh Maya and uh Bashhead um <laughs> alarm uh they they get a little table flirty with each other they're like at the table he's i guess woken up now a little bit and um but he's super groggy until he starts talking and then he's just fine again it Mm -hmm. didn't make any sense but anyways they're at the table talking and she says some dumb shit like wouldn't you like to have a taste and then um he gets mad because he wants to find the others and gets a little pushy gets kind of physical with maya and then he tries to uh, call the police on his phone. I believe it's the police, right? Or is it? Yeah. Yeah. And he can't get through, of course, because you know what good would a murderous family that lives in the country be if they had phone connections? So, <laughs> uh, in the meantime, Maya comes up behind him, and and you know he turns around, and she slashes his arm with a with a knife. One of an incredible number of knives that are just
1: ever present
0: in this house
1: (laughs) it's it's really a great house if you are a fan of sharp things like antlers knives uh uh sickles um swords just just all of the sharp things chainsaw (laughs) yeah broken glass bits of random skull just hanging out on the floor in places yeah yeah, that was yeah yeah we'll get to whatever we yeah. think that might be because they don't tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't.
0: Which is a lot of the movie is stuff that they don't tell you. Um, so anyways, um, yeah, she's not into the idea that uh, that Maya's not into the idea that Alam doesn't want to get it um oh, So she, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, gets physical with her. So She just can't accept no for an answer. So she slashes his arm. He tries to escape. They end up fighting for the knife. He gets a hold of it. But Adam shows up, you know, at the last possible moment just happens to show up and punch stabs Adam through his arm or Alam through his arm. And like, you just see the, the edge of the thing, like sticking out of his arm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. And Al- Alam like falls to the ground. And I'm like, what did he die? Did, like, was he killed that easily? Uh, meanwhile, uh, Astrid and her dude Edgy, uh, they're fighting, you know, fighting to survive. They're they're locked up. She's she bars this bedroom door that she's in and um this Adam guy, who's like this weird kind of emotionless drone person, uh, walk gets over you know, he comes over there to come to the to her now and basically stabs through the door with a knife. And right through her hand <laughs> yeah. from the other side is pretty awesome. Um, it is. And, you know, basically this is now the rest of the movie, which is just a bunch of, of of setups for people to get stabbed and cut and screaming and slipping in blood and finding more sharp things and having people show up that have nothing to do with anything just so they can all be killed too. And that's yeah. really... Really, that's how it's going to go from here on out. Which, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But uh, that's yeah, basically... Yeah, buckle up. Yeah, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> so, Ladia, Echo, and Jimmy are now bound and uh, dumped into a basement-type room thing. They're screaming for help, uh, desperate to get out. Uh, Lodia hears something outside the door, so she apparently there's a peephole that looks out of the room into the hall, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in your basement, sure. And uh, she sees Al- Alam, who is now on a stretcher. Turns out he's not dead, but he is badly injured. Um, very bloody. Uh, Arman, the big guy, in other words, normal-sized one, uh, yeah. is wearing an apron now. He is now assumed the role of Leatherface, apparently. Uh, he puts on this ridiculously upbeat music, And pulls out the oldest camera ever made and starts taking pictures of Alam and then whips out a chainsaw and chainsaws his head off with no sound effects, just the lovely music, which was kind of of a nice touch. (laughs) He uh, then proceeds to butcher Alam, like completely just dismember him uh, with a butcher knife. And he's like collecting these big bloody chunks of alarm and like throwing them into this bin next to the slab or whatever the meantime the the gang in the basement is just crying hysterically upset rolling around it's it's really annoying um, it was
1: uh, very similar to that bathroom scene in beyond the darkness where she's just like cleaning up all of the bits of like the chunks off the floor
0: that's true it looked like tuna fishermen cleaning a, a tuna <laughs> or something so now Astrid is injured, but, you know, relatively safe for now. Aji is tied up on the other side of the door, outside the room, in the hallway. Dara shows up, tells Astrid that that she doesn't need to worry because her baby is safe. And then she stabs Aji in the back, like, right at the base of his neck, with this insane hairpin that she has, which is, like, <laughs> basically a mini-sword with a circle on the end of it. The, it's really good. <laughs> The same circle that shows up on her necklace that apparently is very important but actually has no meaning in the film whatsoever. Nope. Great. That's okay. Cool. Adji, by the way, is kind of indestructible. I mean, this guy—he gets his ass kicked hard throughout this whole movie. I mean, yeah. She just stabbed him like ten inches deep into
1: his spine. <laughs> with a hairpin and he's still alive oh yeah and he's still he's still got feats of strength to commit yeah he's still kicking
0: yeah (laughs) yeah that happens it's pretty awesome Arman I guess he's like washing his murder room so he's like pouring water to rinse all the blood and goop off the floor and down in the basement there's like this ramp that leads down and so all that liquid like pours by the three that are in the basement which was pretty awesome yeah, um, Of course, they're all freaking out. Then he tosses the parts of the body away that he doesn't want to use while they're just completely losing their shit. Uh, and then he grabs Ladia, drags her out, puts her on the slab. And she's yeah. like begging for her life or whatever. He busts out the camera, takes some pictures. Uh, Jimmy and Echo proceed to call him fat a bunch of times, which <laughs> apparently upsets him enough that he goes in there and kicks Jimmy. While Ladia manages to get an arm free, and then he comes over back to the slab and he's like sniffing her face and licks her on the face. It's really disgusting. And then he yeah. then he tears that black electrical tape off her mouth or whatever it is black duct tape, and then he goes in to give her a tongue kiss, and she Ugh. she bites the end of his tongue off, which is really awesome yeah <laughs> um then she gets out and gets up and knocks him out with a metal tray. She just like clocks him in the head with a metal tray. Um, freeze the boys. they bust out through a window, I guess it's whatever. They say something stupid like where's the house? It's like did you just did you just leave the fucking house what was the yeah. basement supposed
1: to be like a separate kill room or something that was it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that's part of the bad subtitling. Yeah, like they were like, eh, "I don't know what to call it. We'll just call it house." Yeah, and but
0: but then also just as far as the movie is going, you know, like why do they, why do they like their their solution to this problem is to run right back into the house as quickly as they can, you know, not to like go get help or you know, like oh, we just got out of the house. Let's run back into the house. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, I think the idea is that they didn't want to leave Aji and Astrid behind. They sure. wanted to go in and rescue them, and they they felt like more okay about it now that Chungus is taken out and they're not all bound and drugged. But <laughs> it was still a bad idea. I mean, I guess not. Ultimately, ultimately it was a, the right move. Yeah chungus yeah <laughs> chungus.
0: so astrid's all tied up and she's or she's locked away in this room upstairs still uh she hears a car pull up outside claw- crawls her way up to the barred window and is like trying to scream to get the attention of the people that have pulled up
1: unfortunately for her what's happening is those people i believe are here to buy human meat is I, that what
0: I was seeing? I think so. Yes. That would be my assumption since I'm assuming they probably ate human meat at the dinner table.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um and and we saw we saw hunkamunka. He got the uh he like was cutting cutting the body into like choice slabs and loading them into coolers. And they're they're loading these coolers up into the car and they're also like flipping through a book like, ah, you see, this one came from this person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing. I'm not sure, though, because bad copy of the movie. But I think that's what's going on. Uh, And then so they drive off. Astrid is is dejected about this. So dejected that her water breaks. Dara hears her water break from outside the door because she's a real creep. Uh, And then starts talking about a woman's strength. Also, apparently, the tea was like a special pregnancy potion of some sort. Yeah, that magically makes her deliver a baby instantly. Yeah, and it's not an abortion.
0: I was like, wow.
1: Yeah, neat. We all need to go to Indonesia. (laughs) And, uh, And then all of a sudden she's gone. Adji hears that his baby is born. He struggles while Astrid just, like, is cuddling her baby in the bed uh meanwhile eco jimmy and ladia are out they're they're outside now uh and then maya begins shooting a crossbow at them she takes off part of eco's ear and he's upset he's like oh i I thought you liked me
0: (laughs) (laughs) eco is not real bright
1: he's not he's not Uh, And then they run off into the night. Uh, Dara shows up at this point, takes the crossbow away from Maya, and manages to hit Ladia with it, like, all the way through the entire forest. Yeah, like,
0: total, like, she's supernaturally able with the, the crossbow.
1: Adam shows up in the woods and kills the entire fuck out of Jimmy. Everyone who dies in this movie, it's usually something to do with the head or the neck. Um, I don't think a lot of people die without head or neck business in this movie. So so yeah. he like pulverizes Jimmy and then does that whole twisty spine snap motion. And then Ico distracts uh, distracts Adam so that Lottie can get away. Inside, Astrid thinks that the coast is clear and she leaves the room with the baby in it to go check on Adji. Uh, while she's doing that, Dara sneaks in behind her and takes the baby. Uh, then she backs away with the baby and starts taunting Astrid, saying, maybe you can save Adji and yourself if you focus on that now, but the baby is mine, so get the fuck away from me, bitch. Aggie <laughs> um, is then all of a sudden stumbling around the house. He stumbles into a puddle of baby skulls. Crunchy, crunchy baby skulls yeah it's like what is this why is there a baby bone room yeah and and it's 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 like bathroom it's a bathroom tile room with shelves covering all the wall and the shelves have yellow backlighting and all of the shelves are are loaded up with these jars of strange fluid I think we're supposed to get the idea that they're full of, like, you know, like, formaldehyde babies or something, but you never see it. It's just an implication. Yeah, and they never explain why. Like, is, is Dara
0: unable to have children? Is Are these, like, these weird medical experiments trying to get her to have children? It doesn't make any sense. They don't even hint at what it means. Yeah, you know, just there's just some there's some shenanigans going on with preservation and baby skulls. So that's that's all we know, really.
1: Yeah, that's all we know. And even the baby skulls are just limited to the shower curtain that serves as a wall for this room, and <laughs> there are no baby skulls anywhere else. I guess this is just the yeah, get this one out of here, and it like I don't know. Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's because of uh, it's a really, really, really Muslim country, and they had to like tiptoe around some topics. Maybe they've had other pregnant
0: women in there before who refused to give up their baby and died instead, and the baby yeah. died with them. I have no idea, but yeah, I mean, any it's anyone's guess, really.
1: Yeah. So we don't to until the end. Like spoiler alert, we don't know if Dara is like planning on raising this baby as her own or butchering this baby as sweet, delicious meat. Or, again, like, was it... Is it in Honeydew? What's the one where the lady
0: has the brood of mutant children? Oh, are you talking about the brood? Well, yes, no. <laughs> but, man, I love that goddamn movie. <laughs> They're not really mutant, but, you know, the one where... Yeah, it is Honeydew because, like, he ends up with... Uh, like dismembered and he's like a breeding machine at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh. So it kind of reminded me of that that, like, the, the premise was that these aren't really her children. She She can't give birth. She's always wanted children and so she just abducts the babies of the women who, you know, all the pregnant women who pass by her country estate out in the foggiest I don't know what the fuck. It makes no sense. I don't know. I love Timo Chagianto and I, and you know, Timo and Kimo and the Mo bros, the, you know, being covered by the Joe bros. It's all great, but um, I love this movie, but man, it's fucking stupid as hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I, I have to say like all the way to this point in the movie, I was not having a good time watching it. I was like, what the fuck? Why did Judd pick this movie? This movie sucks. Of course, then it goes into overdrive and gets awesome pretty soon. It does. And and I was asking myself the same
0: fucking thing. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. And I'm like, man, was I that primitive in my taste that I thought this was good? And then I was like, oh, nope, it got good. And, yeah. and this movie really suffers with low resolution uh, video. It, it really hurts. I mean... You'd think it would hurt, it hurts any film, I suppose, but it really hurts this one.
1: Yeah, yeah, because this one is all about that spectacle.
0: Yeah, you need to be able to see, you know, the gruesomeness in an unflinching way, and you just, that, that haziness that is unintentionally there because of the shitty copy just really takes away from it
1: yeah yeah even i even looked for like dvds and blu-rays and you could find them but the ones that were that would work in on our like american coded machines were all like crazy marked up because there are almost none of them available on the market and just, fuck everything
0: and write that guy and say hey can you send us a nice copy of your movie hey mo brother after after he hears our episode where we're like talking about how shitty his movie is <laughs>
1: yeah Pile of baby skulls. He finds Astrid. Uh, all of a sudden, Astrid has Dara's hairpin sticking out of her neck. She collapses into his arms, pulls the hairpin out of her own neck, and then bleeds to death in front of his face. Yeah. Okay. Aji then attacks Dara, pins her to the ground, and punches her in the face over and over and over again, to which it it doesn't even look like the punches are landing because she's just so unaffected by it. Like not even blinking. Like he's just punching her in the face and she is maintaining eye contact with him (laughs) as the punches land. It's fucking awesome. Overriding her entire biology. (laughs) Yeah. Just that is not the way to win this apparently. Um, and then she she knocks him over, gets on top of him, and chokes him out while we see that that Ladia is nabbed by Armand, who takes her into a bedroom. I think it's the same bedroom where the birth took place, nah. but it's really hard to tell. I don't know. Then suddenly, a bunch of weird dudes are there. They are, like, just imagine the worst group of
0: dudes. Imagine a bunch of the goons from the raid, which is probably exactly who they are. Yeah. like they all—they're like one guy's like over skinny, one guy has a giant afro, like one guy—they just look like this random assortment of dudes.
1: Yeah, there's the there's the way too slick hair and the not very good mustache guy with the leather jacket. He's in charge. Then there's the the actually kind of chubby guy who's wearing like a homemade police jacket. <laughs> it's like, who uh, who the fuck are these people? I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, they say they're cops. They look like thugs. And then at no point are we ever meant to assume that they are not, in fact, police officers. Yeah. Apparently they're cops. How, why did they show up there? We have no idea. It's fine. These guys are what cops look like. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk about stuff in the outside in the car apparently they have put eco in the car yeah sure that's where we're gonna put him in our butcher house that we keep we'll hide him in the car out front fine so they go out front apparently these four police officers had a prisoner that they let run wild and he is now in the car just kind of Tickling Ico's unconscious corpse (laughs) And they're like Hey, what are you doing? And he's like Oh, I'm just trying to wake him up And they're like Oh, good Okay Uh, The cops bring Iko inside While one of them snoops And finds a, uh, a projector screen film It's the same one from the opening credits And it shows Dara teaching the children To kill people and butcher people And it looks like it's just in the living room. Like, there's the. It's just right there. They pass him later. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And why does the film look like
0: it was shot in the 1800s? I know. I know. It's It's like like black and white. It's the wrong speed. You know, like.
1: The first movie. (laughs) They're
0: wearing, like, those ankle high leather shiny leather boots that people wore in like the 18 like i was expecting them at some point to get on a giant bicycle ride around
1: (laughs) meanwhile uh armand is bleeding ladia to make her easier to rape it would appear that's his his big plan so he is she is just laying on a bed bleeding out of her arm he goes to undo his pants and then she reaches over. She sees that there is a pen on the nightstand, and it has a cute little teddy bear pen topper on it. So she just goes and grabs that bad boy and stabs him right in the in the eyeball. Because if th- this movie also likes eyeballs,
0: yeah, right, yeah, or doesn't, I guess. Yeah, if you wanna, yeah. Look at not it a that fan way. of eyeballs. Nah, <laughs> doesn't like the eyeballs. So yeah, so she got all stabby with the teddy bear pen and, and Armin's eyeball. Meanwhile, the cops, who are geniuses, clearly. Oh, yeah. uh, they uh They suspect, quote, something's fishy. <laughs> Ar- Armon, who was lucky enough to only have the pen penetrate his eyeball and go no further, is apparently still alive. So he manages to stab a cop who then shoots Armon. Uh, well, right after this happens, Adam cuts the power, uh, flips the breaker. Uh, then Maya comes running out, stabs one of the cops— uh, another cop with a flashlight almost shoots Jimmy. Uh, they stumble across some chunks of, like, gore, like meat, chopped meat, gore, whatever. Uh, someone gets shot. Uh, Adam hacks the guy with the crazy afro to death. And then he's shot by another cop before killing the other guy who just... It's like, what? what is going on here? It's just... Like, like in 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 seconds all the cops are basically dead or at least almost all the cops yeah um Maya yeah she she jumps somebody trying to escape uh, Dara walks up finds a bloody cop who I guess is still alive he's laying on the ground and she high heel, eyeball stomps him to death which is amazing
1: <laughs> i feel bad for that guy that guy was just trying to have a party night and then he got arrested by cops taken to murder house and stomped through the eye unless that's his kink maybe that's his thing yeah
0: that's right he's not the cop yeah he's the he's the quote-unquote prisoner guy but man yeah the, unlike Lodia, she knows how to <laughs> stab <laughs> someone through the eye socket and murder them in the process yep <laughs> jeez that was amazing Cop shoots Maya, suddenly, for some reason, can't shoot Dara, mm-hmm. who picks up a knife and throws it directly into him, and then bashes his head in in a wonderful chef's kiss moment. Just yeah. bashes his face in until it just starts to cave in. It's, yeah, it's Gonzo. It's good. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, it's this like, is where okay. the
1: movie re- is really, like, starting to pick up. And I yeah. like that... All of those cops had to die in that room for the very specific purpose of making the floor slippery. <laughs> yes, the floors,
0: literally just coated in a slick of blood. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, we're we're now we're oh, and we're also outside now. We're in the uh, courtyard. It's rain. It suddenly rains, and it's there's bodies everywhere in the courtyard. Um, Dara is is consoling the dying Maya. Uh, for just a moment, and then murders her, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, uh, ends her suffering. Uh, you know, however you want to look at it. One um, of them neck pops. Yeah, yeah. Ladia <laughs> uh, <laughs> finds Aji, the unkillable man, sitting on the ground, holding the baby, blood everywhere. Of course, yeah, goes without saying, she sees dead Astrid. Um, she takes the baby. Aji cries like a little bitch. <laughs> Um, then starts smashing specimen jars, and, um, Dara hears all this, imagine that, and, uh, tells, uh, who the hell does she tell? She tells- Adam. Adam, that's right. Tells Adam that they're upstairs. So, uh, they, they go up there. Adji makes Adam lose an eye, of course, because, you know, this movie hates eyes. And then,
1: um, Adam- I have to I have to talk about that scene where he loses the eye Cause, so he smashes the the jar, the specimen jar over his head, right? Right, right. And and then now his eye is black and bleeding, but he reaches up to the top of his head and pulls out a little piece of glass out of his hair and then holds it in front of him like me like <laughs> what <coughs> what is that? <laughs> was, yeah,
0: that was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Like this is a special weapon. <laughs> this little this little shard of glass, which is just this tiny little Yeah, yeah I know. It's, I'm
1: not going for the glass in my eye, no. There's one with, there's a little piece in my hair and it's bothering me. <laughs> and then he proceeds to fucking eat Edgy's
0: lunch. I mean it's it's, <laughs> yes, it's like awesome. sla- he slams him on the picks him up with two hands and slams him down on the table or the on the morgue slab or whatever. It's great. Mm-hmm. This and is then, the very moment at which I stopped hating this movie. Yes, it was wonderful. And then who shows up? Echo with a yeah. fucking sword <laughs> and runs Adam through with the sword. It's fantastic. Uh, Adam pulls the sword out and then Ladia attacks. Eco, Echo, Echo, Dushi, whatever. Yeah. He jumps in. We've got a big, big fight going on. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember exactly how, but at some point, Adam is now covered in something extremely flammable. Uh, <laughs> I think it's what's in the jars. I guess, yeah. The jars are apparently filled with gasoline. I don't know, because Lodia lights a, a, a fucking, like, Zip lighter, up. Zippo yeah. lighter, and throws it at him, which is awesome. He catches it and then bursts into flames. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Um, I was into that. Uh, yeah. Before, before the three remaining folks, uh, and plus baby get away, uh, Adam throws Echo over the rail, down the stairs. Um, he's now burnt to like a mucky, green, pulpy, goopy mess, his face anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty, pretty
1: cool effect. Yeah. He looks like a, like last year's candle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he looks, he looks pretty rough. Um, yeah. He attacks Ladia
0: now, who nut stabs him. And yes. what just a wonderful moment. Um, Adji, you know, doesn't want to miss out, I guess. So he joins in the fun uh, with a great amount of screaming. Yes. <laughs> Until Ladia pulls his fucking head off. She pulls Adam's head off. It's awesome. Like, what? I just, I guess out of just pure rage. I don't know. Like, it's. <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's not that easy to pull someone's
1: head off oh man it's so good and and this is the second like removed head that we've gotten now that has those like those fin flaps on the bottom yeah. of it uh, yeah. and it's like so much better than the one in basket case three <laughs> yeah they, they
0: were not afraid to use the blood in this movie No, jeez uh that was amazing yeah so she tears his head off fantastic oh. uh Echo, Eco God damn it! I hate that name. Is yeah. like s- slipping all over in the blood lake down on the bottom floor that he was thrown onto. Uh, can't get up on his feet because he's slipping all over the place, and not because his bones are broken or anything for being no. thrown over a fucking third-story handrail. Um, <laughs> he cries like a gigantic bitch, and then we hear a chainsaw. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Ladia props Adji against a wall with the baby, hands him the baby, goes to find Iko. Uh, in the process of looking for Eco, she finds a katana,
1: <laughs> which she
0: unsheathes. She's just like,
1: hmm.
0: And then runs into Dara, who is absolutely out of her fucking mind. Like, her hair is now down. Yeah. She's, she's, like... All her cool, calm demeanor is gone. She's now, like, this maniacal, screaming murder machine. Um, and, she's, and then we get what I called some uh, some chainsaw foo. <laughs> oh, man, yes. It is amazing. <laughs> Where, like, Lottie runs and, like, goes to jump over as Dara swings the chainsaw. Just catches her in the leg Oof. a little bit. Messes up her leg. Um, it's fantastic. And then so they have their little fight it's great and then uh dara blames Ladia for everything which i thought was amazing because clearly it's it's or the i guess the gang you know by extension but uh blames them for everything it's their fault because they rescued the fake stranded person who was set out there just to lure people back to the house but it's all their fault yeah (laughs) that was stupid anyways uh (laughs) Dara wants the baby, and that's that's uh, she makes that clear. Uh, but oh no, Adgie, the unkillable dad, jumps in, uh, and then he gets chainsawed to death. <laughs> yeah, but not not before sliding a pistol across the floor to Ladia, who shoots Dara, and she dies. And the movie's over. Oh wait, no, no, <laughs> it just pisses her off. <laughs> they struggle. Ladia gets away just long enough to beat Dara with buckhorns. And she (laughs) dies and the movie's over. Oh, wait. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. She's still, she's still around. She starts strangling Dara, dying Edgy, who will never die. He's never going to die. No. But he is going to continue to get worse off forever. (laughs)
1: He's (laughs) Um, still got one hit point left. (laughs)
0: <laughs> edgy edgy is in an infinite regressive loop of dying <laughs> he asks lydia to take care of his stupid son oh okay Ooh. and uh wow the fardo cycle uh oh. take care of his stupid baby and then he finally dies um which causes Dara—not uh, Dara. Dara won't cry, but uh, Ladia causes Ladia to cry like a little bitch.
1: Yeah, There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot I of crying. Hate babies, yeah,
0: so much <laughs> crying in this movie. Uh, she she exits the house. Now the sun is coming out. Uh, t- it's the foggiest place I've ever seen in my life. It's yeah. It's like they live in clouds now or something, and the light <laughs> is all blue. Everything's blue to signify that the sun has come out. I guess. Because, you know, I know when I get up in the morning really early and I go outside, everything is blue. Yeah. um,
1: You're going to have to look up the lyrics to that song. Yeah. And everything is blue.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Um, (laughs) So it's daytime. (laughs) She's got the baby. She loads the car up with her and the baby. Lots of bloody crying like a bitch. Uh, (laughs) And then she decides that before she leaves... She needs to just do something that wastes a lot of time. So she tries to make a phone call, I believe. I I was kind yeah, of tuned out.
1: I, I think it's like a, is it like a walkie talkie? Like, I feel like she's, oh, she's, it? I think it's like the police dispatcher or something. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. She's calling for backup. Yeah. Whatever. And I think she even says like, hello in English. It's like, whoa,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> the universal language for cops. Um. <laughs> And and to no one's surprise, Dara comes smashing through the side window, attacks Ladia again. Ladia takes off as Dara's trying to, you know, just do her Dara thing. And they drive off, the door opens, and uh, Ladia's driving backwards. And so the door opens, and Ladia, like, backs Dara right into a tree, uh, smashes her into a tree. She falls to the ground. I think the door rips off. And uh, then uh, Dara touches the stupid fucking baby and says, let's go home. And then she drives away and we see Dara's hand kind of laying into the screen, like just off to the side. And a little finger goes,
1: twitch, twitch.
0: And the movie's (laughs) over,
1: bitches.
0: (laughs) And then we get... Credits and very mediocre and inappropriate indie rock. I,
1: oh man, yeah. Like, what is this shit? This is the,
0: <laughs> that's our prize for the end of the movie is that we have to listen to live. <laughs>
1: it was like, oh, oh, I do not want to see if there's a like stinger at the end of these credits. Fuck this! Wow. Lightning crashes, yeah. pull the, the deck <laughs> Pack up your skirt a little more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's like all the bad indie rock that you never liked.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So, so John. Yeah. If if you had like, okay, so, so this is obviously in the Texas chainsaw massacre, uh, section of movies yeah yeah Um, yeah, and i i think the only other texas chainsaw massacre section of movies movie that we've watched is house of a thousand corpses i could be wrong about that yeah honeydew ish but not really oh yeah honeydew yeah 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 how how would you compare would you say this movie is better than worse than or on par with house of a thousand corpses
0: i it's not i don't think it's better than the house of a thousand corpses but Maybe, maybe on par. In some ways, I think better. In some ways, I I guess Corpses is maybe better to me. But that's also because, you know, maybe because I'm American and I get some of the cultural stuff. Or all, all the cultural stuff in House of a Thousand Corpses a lot more clearly than I get, you know, a lot of the stuff maybe in this movie. Maybe, maybe if I knew more, er, er, by more I mean anything, about <laughs> Indonesian culture you know some of the shit that makes no fucking sense might make a tiny bit of fucking sense i don't know you know i'm going to be honest i you know i mean i watched it several times and there's a lot of stuff in this movie that i really don't remember even <laughs> even after watching it multiple times it, it i really enjoyed it when i saw it the first time like years ago and I mean there is I do like the movie. It's not that I don't like it, but it's it's not nearly as good as I remember, I'll put it that way. Or or I don't like it as much as I did back then. I mean it it's just kind of I don't know, it's just got some it's got some issues that that really hurt the film. Yeah. Um you know, a lot of the kind of issues that you see in like you know, euro trash horror where, you know, <laughs> continuity errors and logic problems and You know, stuff that just makes no sense. I mean, you expect that in those movies. This movie feels more like a modern, a slick modern production, um, you know, and and plot holes that just don't make any fucking sense. Like, if you're going to keep it that simple, at least come up with a conceit. Why does this woman want babies? There's no explanation for it. She just wants babies. Like, why? It, It doesn't make any fucking sense. Why does she have these murder like she's trained them to be murderous but they're also
1: insane i mean i don't know whatever so i think with the baby so we saw we saw whenever the dumb cop was flipping through the photographs on the back of a photograph of her from back then she looks identical and it says that the photo was taken in 1889 so mm. i think the the her necklace and maybe even her 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 fucking hairpin are like part of like a witchy crafty thing, that which she's might kept be- alive by yeah. baby Hui's possibly either kept alive by baby Hui's or is some sort of like evil witch lady and she steals children to raise them as her new murder murder goons, which is great. But make it more clear. Yeah,
0: it, or, or at the very at the very least show it more because that's a cool idea. Yeah, if she's a witch. Make her witchy, you know. Not she's a great character. Don't get me wrong. I she mean, is. She's an amazing character. Yeah, and she really, I, honestly, she carries the movie. But um, still, I mean, they could have done so much more with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it it was confusing, and it could be some of that. Like it could be some of that. Like we're not Indonesian, so we don't get a lot of cultural references in here. But it really. I, yeah, it, it doesn't land that said I did like it more than house of a thousand corpses. Like it.
0: Yeah, I do too.
1: The, the, the failings of house of a thousand corpses are really stylized failings where like he made some very specific creative choices to make the movie more enjoyable for him and less enjoyable for the average audience member. Um, yeah, and and this one, it felt like they were ac- they were actually like trying to like put together a really good movie, and just like some of the pieces weren't there.
0: Yeah, there's there's an almost ironic detachment in uh, well, not almost. There's a raw ironic detachment in Rob Zombie films yeah. that I don't like. I don't, you know, as much as he loves horror and is obviously a student of it, he he really loves to also make it a big fucking joke, which bothers me. Like it's not, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, so. Yeah, that's the extreme version of what you just said.
1: Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think, not to make this about Rob Zombie. I think it's just he's got such a strong music video impulse that he can't, yeah. he can't stop himself. Um, he's a visual
0: stylist and a very good one. I mean, that's yeah, that's absolutely. His real, that's his
1: real strength is as a as a visual stylist. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this one mm-hmm. doesn't have as much of that. This one plays way more with the... I mean, it does have a lot of visual style. It's just not that that same thing. It's a little bit more straightforward of a, of a takeoff on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with um, a little bit more, like, restraint of physical motion. And then also, part of what makes me love this movie a whole lot is it turns into an awesome fight scene movie. Like, a That's really true. fucking cool fight scene movie. And I love that. I love martial arts film. This one isn't, like, super martial artsy or anything. No. But, man, that scene with, uh, with, with Adji and, and, uh, Lania and Adam in the, in the, like baby fire room and mm-hmm. then fucking eco shows up with the sword and that guy's melty i was like oh man this is fucking great
0: this is just that w-
1: perfection
0: yeah it does come together at those moments that's true
1: yeah so i yeah. i gave this movie a even four out of five loathsome things which is half of an entire loathsome thing more than i gave uh, house of a thousand corpses
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah, interesting. I don't remember what I gave House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, I gave this a 3.5 based on my new rating system that I came Ooh. up with for the last movie, uh, my seven criteria. And, um, you know, like a 3.5, like is it horror? I mean, it is horror, but is it effective as a horror film? Mm, yeah. I don't know. I gave it a 3.5 for that. Wow. Did I enjoy it? I gave it a 3.5 for that. yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I didn't, like, love it from start to finish. Um, overall production quality, it was okay. It wasn't bad. I mean, obviously, I'm not faulting the YouTube clarity or lack thereof. I'm just I'm just saying the the production value overall was pretty low, you know. But it didn't need much. It didn't really need much. I guess, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, the effects, I give a five for the makeup. I mean, the makeup's amazing.
1: Yeah. I think they did a really good job of... Not showing what they couldn't show well, and yeah. and and just like sticking to what they they like actually had the budget for. They did a really good job of that.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, it, I definitely think they didn't have a ton of money to make this movie, and yeah. they, they definitely made the most of what they had. Yeah, um, I like the atmosphere a lot. Um, as far as its place in horror, it's not this movie's fault, but I had to rate it low for that just because it's you know it just hasn't been given a, a shot really that much, um, and the writing and acting is pretty average yeah. so you know i gave it a three three point five um i i have a feeling that if i like let this one sit for a while and go back and watch it again i i might actually think more of it now that i've watched it closely and really know like what's going on but again like i said of all the movies that we've seen this is one of the ones that i i retain the least like i i I really kind of struggled to connect with this movie this time around watching it, you know. And that's the reason why I picked it was because – part of the reason why I picked it was because you had said, you know, you really want to – you wanted to go as far as your picks. You wanted to really, you know, pick great stuff, the stuff you want to talk about, you know, instead of of like finding some really weird, obscure thing, which we know we're going to enjoy talking about. But it's more, you know, like just go for the shit that we really want to talk about. And I thought, oh, Macab will be perfect for that. And then, no, it really is not that kind of a movie for me. I, I, uh, yeah, I feel very sad today. Yeah. And uh, I, I uh, wish the best for the Mo Brothers. But, um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I'm an idiot.
1: No, it's fine. It's fine. It's funny because, yeah, I said that I was like, yeah, we should pick like the best ones that we really want to talk about. And then I picked Beyond the Darkness, a movie that I had just seen like the day before. I picked it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're off to a great start so <laughs> far.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, the Mo Brothers, go watch their other stuff. They're pretty cool. They don't always direct together like some people do, uh, but uh, they've got pretty good stuff. And maybe support more cool horror from parts of, you know, Southeast Asia where they don't really get a lot of play in American audiences unless a white guy directs it, like Gareth Evans.
0: I've seen some pretty cool Asian horror films in the last few years. I've seen some real duds, too. Oh, yeah. uh, There's a couple out there that are really good. Um, But let's not cover those. Let's cover this one.
1: (laughs) uh speaking of duds uh join us in two weeks whenever we cover the next movie which i will reveal the name of after we talk about john what have you been watching in horror recently uh what
0: have i been watching in horror i uh well i just as far as books i guess i'll go back to that i just finished uh the the new book from the writer eric laraca everything the darkness eats uh it's his first novel although it's it's kind of almost more of a novella, really. But um, it's, uh, it was great. It was super dark, extremely violent, and uh, wonderful. I saw something really cool on, on some fucking movie that was really cool, and I cannot remember it for my life. It's not like it's kind of dancing around in the back of my mind. Like, it's just not there at all. Yeah, I watched it with my daughter. I don't know what it was, but I'm going to try and show her The Wicker Man
1: this weekend. Ooh, yeah. I was just talking about that with someone like, a prudish police officer gets sacrificed to a pagan god while Christopher Lee is wearing a dress. Yes, I would like that. Yes, please.
0: (laughs) That's one of my, uh, that film is one of my, like, you know go-to's when i just want to kind of enjoy myself mm-hmm. i'll just watch wicker man again i love that movie it is great that that movie is spectacular we need to cover it but, at some point i, I was going to say but let's not talk about that no <laughs> all right so let's talk about the uh, the electric balls of fancy house or something
1: <laughs> i would watch that i would too <laughs> the electric balls of fancy house <laughs>
0: Electric balls of
1: fancy house. <laughs> uh. I watched Unwelcome, which is on Shudder. Uh it's a movie about, it's an Irish movie about goblins, and it's full of people that I love. It has Hannah John Cayman from uh she plays Dutch in the TV show Killjoys, and it has mm-hmm. Colm Meany, who is Miles O'Brien oh. in Star Trek. Yes. Yes. I like him and uh and it has christian nairn in it who plays hodor and um it's it's about uh people that move into a house that's kind of like haunted by goblins but then there's also a shitty family of home renovators Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah there's a really good scene where a guy like chops his uh like knife down into a goblin skull and then is trying to pull it out but the and the goblin is still alive and so every time he tries to pull the knife out of the goblin skull the goblin's like and it's really good (laughs) that's pretty awesome i've got one more it's uh the girl who lives down the lane with jodie foster um that movie can very much go fuck itself all the way (laughs) really yes I've never, I've never seen that
0: one. I guess I probably never will now. Yeah.
1: It's uh, so it was the movie that she was filming when she turned 13 and the Mm -hmm. producer was like, yeah, I want to get more blood and tits in this movie. Can you ask that 12 year old to please get naked for a sex scene? Really? Yeah.
0: And oh, uh, I'm not watching
1: that. That's well, horrible. to be fair, Jodie Foster, as a 12-turning-into-13-year-old woman, was such a badass that she walked off the set, and her mother was like could I interest you in her 21-year-old sister's naked body instead? <laughs> and so at a certain point, Jodie Foster's character is disrobing, and then all of a sudden is a like fully blossomed 21-year-old nude body. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of awesome. It's awesome, but like, the whole movie's fucking creepy and weird. Yeah, that's horrible.
0: I do love Jodie Foster. I'm so glad she did that. Yeah, I uh, I saw a movie called Arctic Void, which is very much in line with uh, Black Mountain Side and the Thing and uh, Harbinger Down and that kind of secluded in the Arctic wasteland one. This is uh, two filmmakers who are going to uh, shoot a documentary and a in a like. Norwegian Arctic outpost in the middle of nowhere. And they, uh, they pick up a, a cameraman along the way. Cause their regular cameraman can't get his visa for some reason that they deliberately don't tell you like they want it to sound like it was intentional, you know, like the government might've been involved or something. So anyways, they have this other mysterious Cameron guy that joins them and they go on this, they go on this like boat and it's kind of like, you know, like a bunch of tourists are basically on the boat and there's some guy who looks like a giant Viking who's, you know, like leading the tour group. And basically in the middle of the tour, everyone but these three guys just vanishes. And they don't have, they have no idea why, although you suspect the weird camera guy knows something. And uh, they discover an abandoned Soviet-era mine, a uh, mining town... In Norway, which is an actual place. It's an actual abandoned Soviet-era mine uh, facility. And there's only one building left there that still has electrical power and stuff. So they you take advantage of all this for the film. Yeah. And it's actually really good. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Fuck yeah, I'm going to have to watch that. I think I saw the trailer for it, but I never like pulled the trigger.
0: I kept waiting for my, for it to hit that moment that a lot of those movies hit where you're like, Okay, I mean, you didn't pull it off, but, you know, kudos. But no, I I liked it from beginning to end, really. I thought it was really good. It does have some very low-quality, well, fairly low-quality CGI, kind of like in Black Mountain Side with the deer. (laughs) But, but, you know, at the same time, they had no budget. Everything else, every other dollar went into flying this crew out to this frozen location. And the location is perfection. I mean... If you were, you know, as an author or as a filmmaker or whatever, to have a location like that is just, it's like just a gimme. You know, it's an abandoned Arctic Soviet era mining town that's abandoned. And it's yes. fully preserved. I mean, it's just like, it's got playgrounds and, you know, like empty housing buildings and, you know, mining stuff. And it's, There's no one there. It's amazing.
1: Oh, yes. That sounds awesome. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm adding that to the watch list. That sounds great.
0: Yeah. But let's not talk about that one
1: on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, let's talk about the uh, 1990 film... That really, really hit home. It, right now, uh, the the Supreme Court just made a decision that fucked John and I over. Um, yeah. And to celebrate a year ago of the Supreme Court making a decision that fucked women all over the country over, we're going to watch the Francis Terry abortion horror movie, The Suckling. Oh. <laughs> a bore <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow yeah oh man that's awesome okay yeah yeah and we'll have some fun trivia about it too not related to the movie but related to the podcast <laughs> oh, God, that's so good all right tune in two weeks from today when we watch the uh the suckling let's see content warning for that uh there's Uh, rape scene. It's a movie about uh, an abortion monster, so be prepared for abortion monster. It's ultra-low-budget 1990 weirdness with some actually pretty cool practical effects, so just get ready for some upsetting things to happen to the female body. It's
0: a fine, fine film. Yeah. Alright,
1: goodbye! Oh wait, no.
0: That's not how we do this. I'm sorry that student
1: loans have to die (laughs) i'm sorry you had to die in a submersible